Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. Just two boys. Yeah. Well, we got no guest host this time. You know what? We don't need him this week. Mm-hmm. You no know, guest all, host. All we need is our friendship. Our friendship? Yeah, well, that's true. Which has been blossoming lately. I'm happy to announce that our friendship is at an all-new high. That's right. We got friend-gaged. Yeah, we got friend-gaged. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the listeners from uh, the years... Uh, know that like I was in a Survivor show and yeah. came in second place, uh-huh. right? Survivor comedy show. That's true. And now I was in a Survivor comedy show and came in second place. <laughs> so we got the same amount of votes from the jury. We That's won the right. same amount of competitions. Let's not say how many that was. But <laughs> doesn't matter. That's that's your boys. We're the runners up all the time. Yep. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh, it's great being number two. But the most important thing is that we don't need a guest host today because when you have a guest this good, yeah, you don't need a guest host. Oh. When you have a guest this good, you need an intro that's insane. You need an uh-huh. intro that just hypes you up. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This guest, yeah, not only is he an improviser, he's a writer. He does it all. He produces shows. He... Puts the community together. He is the glue of Toronto comedy. We got Zoeb Khan here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that that's that's big to live up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I I needed them to know. Great. 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 <laughs> and yeah. now, now they do. So. Yeah. And now I know about the Survivor thing too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah got... With uh, two losers, you thought we that's were right. winners, uh, but now yeah. nope. <laughs> almost. But winners. you know. Uh, put two and two together, you get fourth place. Oh, <laughs> no, we, shit. Going, no, we're worse. <laughs> um, so I, I want to ask you this, sure. uh, because I actually don't know a lot about your uh, comedy journey, um, like how you got into uh, this whole adventure. Uh, I mean, there's a long version of it, and there's a short version of it. Uh, well, that's so tr- the beauty of uh, a podcast, is we can take as much time as we want. Okay, amazing. Get ready to edit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, I grew up in Malaysia. So, you know, the school I went to from the time I was seven, I took. I went to, like, a private school. So, I took, mm-hmm. like, drama as an extracurricular, and I did it, uh, you know, until I was 15, 16. Uh, I stopped doing it because every year there would be like a play uh, or a thing that you do in school. And then every single year, something embarrassing would happen, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, Like my pants would fall off or (laughs) the mic (laughs) isn't working (laughs) or, you know, just stuff. So then I'm like, I'm cursed. So I'm going to quit this. Uh, and How did your pants fall off? I, I want to know this too. Is that a true thing? I wasn't wearing a belt. Was it like costume pants? So you weren't used to them, or no? They were they were pants. They were just your pants. I was an awkward kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. So just things like that. And then, uh, so the how the education system works in Malaysia: you do school, and then uh, you do college, which is kind of like high school. It's mm-hmm. like two years between university. So, again, I was very lucky. I went to a pretty prestigious one. And then over there, their 
drama program was pretty big and they were doing this yearly production of it or it had been big now it was dying off so this was like the last hurrah yeah uh and then so i auditioned for it there are two uh, roles for two different plays one uh short plays one was for a lead and then one was for an ensemble. I had three people audition. One of my friends got the lead. The other person had a really bad audition, and I got the ensemble, right? Uh, so the guy that was directing it, he was a stand-up comedian, except there was no stand-up comedy scene in <laughs> Malaysia. It might have been like, I shovel snow. You know, it doesn't yeah. snow in Malaysia. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, but then I got to know him, and I kind of got to know his friends, so I started hanging out with these guys. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of created the stand-up community there. Uh, they go to like <clears throat> music venues and rent it out. And then, yeah. you know, so I started going to their shows. So even my play, the guy that opened for it, his name was Cobbin. So that's my first time seeing like live stand up. Then I ended up moving to Canada and they ended up really building a comedy scene to such a stage that, uh, Netflix picked three people from all of Asia to get, you know, uh, cause they wanted to expand in yeah. a Netflix special and Kevin who opened for my high school play has a Netflix special. Oh, wow. All right. And so then when I came to Canada, I did school, I went to school for engineering. And then when I was on my co-op term, I'm like, I want to find some sort of comedy thing to do. So I Googled things and then second city came up. Uh, and I'm like, that's too much for me. The name <laughs> recognition of that. And there was another theater by the name of Impatient that was the only one that was doing long-form improv. And on their website, they made it seem like the super prestigious artistic thing, right? So I was like, cool, this is what I want to do. And then so I started taking that, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. So that's a long version of it. But, yeah, so, you know, even, uh, like, the comedy scene in Malaysia is insane now. It's spread out throughout Asia. And you were at the the, the starting point of that. I was on the outside. Of, like, I was just hanging out with you You were still guys. there. I was, in, I was there. I wasn't doing stand-up. The scary thing is I still haven't done stand-up. Like, it scares the shit out of me yeah. to this day. It, it is, a, like, a, a scary thing in a way. I remember when I first moved to the city and stuff, and it was, like, trying to like do stand up and when you don't know anyone it can feel so much more isolating than like improv yeah. right because improv you building the community so there it's right? a lot more yeah, collaborative yeah. too yeah stand up is not no it's like it's more competitive i would say yeah there was one time i'm like i'm gonna go to an open mic so yeah. i find this open mic i show up i didn't know i was like one of the first people there but i didn't know how to sign up Yep. And then I see people signing up. So by the time I sign up, it's like you're up at like 1, 2 a.m. Right? Oh, no. yeah. And then so it's like you see people go up, you see people leave. And then uh, uh, there were a couple of people that were like loud laughers. But by the time I went up, they're gone. Yep. So I get up on stage by myself. The light's in my face. I can't see anyone's reaction. So I'm doing stand-up and there's like silence, right? Uh, and then I'm like, wow, this isn't going great. And then someone at the back goes, you're doing great. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh boy. (laughs) You killed it. That person loved it. Yeah. Or, you know, just being supportive, like, you know. Sometimes there is support that to be fair, sometimes there is support. We're not saying that it's a, it's a totally supportless. No. If you do a mic, uh, with, um, friend of the show, Mark Hallworth, he'll support you every time. Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. he thinks you suck, then he'll then he'll tell you a right better joke. <laughs> it's also I think improv is easier to start in the sense that the first few times you go up on stage, you can just stand by the side like I see a lot of newer improvisers. Yeah. yeah. You maybe, you know, get one scene in in a twelve, fifteen minute set. So you can yeah. kinda get used to it. 
uh, while stand up, you're just up there. Yeah. Right? I, so I, you just literally have to get slaughtered on stage yeah. a few times. I feel uh, improv audiences are a lot more forgiving than uh, stand up audiences as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think improv audiences also come in with a certain expectation of yeah, uh, this is going to be interactive, so they they don't want to you know like uh, they're a bit more hesitant as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, they're like we might get picked on, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're just like yeah, yeah, you're doing great. Don't don't talk to me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, with uh, I was gonna have a point, but I have a new point. Uh, so you start with, uh, long form improv when you, uh, get into the city and now you coach long form improv. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just like anybody else, you do something for seven, eight years and people mm. like, you might know something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you start doing it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, the assembly has been a great opportunity to kind of get into that and then, uh, the same thing at Bad Dog. I was very lucky to do feature players, mm-hmm. which was a great opportunity. Uh, you know, uh, from when I started at Impatient, they were so long form uh, that there was a certain amount of eh to it short form. Like, we don't want right. to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what gets built into you. Uh, so the first time I did short form uh, was when I got into feature players at Bad Dog. Because uh, Bad Dog, uh, you know, now they, they're they doing a lot more long form and they have all these amazing shows. Yep. But to me at that point, or the vibe I got, maybe it's not completely true, uh, was that they're more short form focused, uh, at least compared to yeah, Impatient yeah. at the time. Was, was that kind of uh, coming from people from a second city background, bringing that kind of uh, short form style to what they were doing? or For Bad Dog? Yeah. Or? I think it's just a completely different Just the company. way that they were doing it at the time? Yeah. I st- uh, when I started, it was like things were already kind of established. Impatient was on its last legs, right? It had had this huge history and all of that. And then, so, you know, when I joined, I think it was only around for a year. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like you're coming into, uh, there's this whole backstory and all these things that have kind of happened. Yep. Uh, venues have switched and things like that. And then you're just reading the last page, right? Right. Uh, It's kind of what it felt like. Uh, But I'll say this. The thing about Impatient, which at that time I think a lot of uh, theaters uh, maybe weren't able to get, was that Impatient had an amazing community, right? Uh, One of the ways they accomplished that is by giving anybody stage time, right? So you do 101 and then, you know, we'd show up and you'd hang out. So, So the community was so good that everyone wanted to be a part of it. And I think when Impatient went down, there was this gap in terms of that. Like, there was obviously a lot of places you could take classes and do all of these things. Yeah. But uh, there was for sure a gap. And Well, I would say that you are a big part of uh, creating a community in uh, the community, especially with uh, Sketch and 60 and 60 and 60 and Screened and 60 uh, now, too. These things are... Um, like I meet so many new people when I do the yeah. show and everyone's meeting new people and forming new relationships and working with uh, all these new people and just it, more friends. Like you make so many friends doing that show and it makes for just a happier environment around, I feel. And I, I think you're a big responsible toward or you're very responsible towards um, having a strong community. Thank you. But I'll also say this, like a show like 60 and 60 uh, 
it can happen today. It couldn't happen five, ten years ago or when I started. Right. Because uh, there weren't, like, you can't put out a post and get 60 improvisers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You couldn't name 60 improvisers <laughs> back then, right? Uh, so I think it is due to a lot of work that other theaters have done, yep. uh, you know, whether it's Second City or Bad Dog or Assembly to kind of build it up and get that huge pool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's insane to see how much the community has grown and where Toronto is. Uh, you know, when I started out, again, you could do one-on-one and the normal amount of stage time you get is 20 minutes, right? So mm-hmm. 20 minutes was a norm. Anybody could do a 20-minute set. Uh, I think it's a lot harder now to get stage time, which I also yeah. think is a good thing because a little bit of competition is good. The yep. quality increases and things like that. Uh, yeah, and it's also interesting to see there's, like, you know, if you like doing a certain type of improv, you could do assembly. If you like a different type, there's Bad Dog or Second City or SoCap. So everyone's doing something different, and I yeah. think that creates a lot more uh, talent or Different people can call different venues home. Yeah. So then a show like uh, 1660 can happen where you can kind of bring that it's, together. It's got that diversity. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's so uh, – because the talent pool in Toronto is insane. And we talk about this a lot. And you could – like, I mean, we've done – uh, yeah. 220 of these or whatever, and we've had uh, 210 different guests. Have we really scratched the surface? And we haven't scratched the surface. Yeah. There's so many great people that we Tons keep on of people. bringing on. Yeah. And uh, like your shows are a big thing of opening my eyes to these people too because I, I find uh, you do go into your own like spaces, right? You're like, I'm constantly performing at this venue or this venue, and you everyone kind of like misses each other in a way. And I feel like your show's almost bring everyone to one venue i see like more of like a mix of people of like oh yeah i see this person in like this yeah. spot and like uh, even like some stand-ups in there and everything too that yeah are- and one thing that i didn't think about because again i'm very privileged in a way that uh, even when bad dog got their new venue uh you know i did feature player two three years ago so i've done a lot of shows there mm-hmm. and to me it feels very comfortable but when I started doing 1660, it was like a lot of people going, this is my first time performing at Bad Dog. Yeah. Or yeah. getting to be on that stage yep. was a big deal for them. And then I'm like, I didn't even think of that, right? So mm-hmm. even – and, you know, it helps uh, people in that way because once you get up and, you know, you're right, I've performed in a stage. So if you're auditioning or doing other things, uh, then it really opens it up. And, and I never started thinking about that in, uh, in those terms. Uh, yeah, I do try to be positive about it. I think I can be negative about certain things. Uh, or like, you know, we had a 60 and 60 show and then uh, I kind of got sick. So I didn't put uh, have time to put as much effort into promoting yep. it or uh, things like that to, you know, really get that. And so the show, again, was a good show. It was good for uh, what it was. Um, but I was like, OK, this was fine. Whatever. Yeah. We did it. Uh, and then I heard someone talking uh, a couple of days ago uh, about, you know, I, I don't even think they knew I was there. They were just talking to someone and they were just like, yeah, I got to do six and six is the most comfortable I felt on stage or it's the most fun I've had or things yeah. like that. And, you know, uh, and then it's like, OK, like this thing has a value, even if yeah sometimes. Yeah, I get because it. it does get frustrating. Uh, you know, I took a break from producing it. And I'm like, cool, I'll th- throw it together. And then you're like 15, 20 people dropping out in two days. Yeah. And I guess things happen. Yeah. But as a producer, you go, oh. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can imagine, and like I I I've bitten that person for you once, only once. Yeah, though. And, and, <laughs> but it's it's. I, I think that so happens. Many, right? I I would say uh one thing that I think, and I think this is going to happen more is the environment gets more competitive and stage time gets harder. Uh, one thing I would say the comedy community can probably get is a certain amount of discipline from the theater community, right? Right, mm-hmm. uh, valuing mm-hmm. opportunities, valuing that, and bringing a certain amount of. Because I know yeah. in improv, it's like everything's made up, so we'll just kind of show up if you can make it, if you can't make it, or whatever. Yeah. It is. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you talk to people who do theater and things like that; it's a whole oh no thing. You're not missing a show. You're not. You, you miss a show, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So even low stake shows or things like mm-hmm. that, even if it's not, you know, you don't have to be on Mervish. Uh, that's what I want to talk yep. about. Even mm-hmm. like a low stake, low stake show, you bring a certain amount of discipline mm-hmm. or preparation uh, to it, which I think uh, I I think as things become more competitive, uh, we will see. Uh, start happening and obviously that increases uh, the quality of what we're putting out and again that attracts yeah. more audiences so it kind of feeds itself Yeah. because if you don't take it seriously audiences aren't going to take you seriously mm-hmm. then you can't value it you know it, it becomes like if you want to go uh, take improv from pay what you can to shows where you're charging theater level things which I think is doable mm-hmm. yeah. I think uh, improv has proven itself that yes it is an art form which is a question that used to get asked all the time so it's how do we take it how do we give people value? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's slip into a spookier note. Yeah, we talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, uh, do you believe in ghosts? So uh, that's an interesting question. I think uh, if you're like, uh, do I believe in ghosts? No. But then if I'm in a dark room <laughs> at night, I'd be like, okay, I'm a little scared. But I do come from a family that does believe in ghosts. I think my mom believes in it. My grandfather used to believe in it. And then, uh, you know, sometimes they talk about uh, how they've seen ghosts, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I heard about this phenomena, which I think is what happens. Uh, you guys probably know about this. I forget what it's called. But sometimes when you wake up, uh, your mind ends up getting up a few seconds earlier yeah. than your body. Ooh. So you might feel like, you know, you can't move or something's heavy on your chest. Sleep paralysis. Sleep is paralysis. Basic, yeah. So sometimes your mind creates images mm-hmm. to kind of justify it. So you can see people standing there or things like that or choking you or sitting on you or stuff like yeah. that, which I find interesting. Yeah. So maybe that's where the idea of. Well, you're in uh, Bad Dog a lot, yeah. And apparently, there's a Bad Dog ghost. Is there two Bad Dog? Okay, ghosts, I'll, I'll tell you one story. I'll tell you <laughs> not about Bad Dog, but I just okay. thought of this. He's there all the time, and he's never seen this ghost. I've so. never seen a Bad Dog. Yeah. he's very good. I've also been in a place <laughs> that's supposedly haunted and a lot, and it, I've never seen a ghost. So, so I'll say this: the place I I am living in right now. When I first moved in, I moved in with my roommate from university. Uh, so there's a couple that lives like right next to his room and they had a baby and stuff. So my roommate, you know, would be like, oh, man, at 2 a.m. I can hear the baby, you know, crying and stuff. Right. I'm like, oh, that sucks because the walls are pretty thin. Anyways, he moves out. I get a completely new roommate from Kijiji. And then the people next door, they also moved out. Right. But then this new roommate one day goes to me, man, at 2 a.m. I can just hear this baby crying. Right. Except they'd moved away. He had no oh. way of knowing who my previous roommate was. Yeah. So they hadn't communicated. So I was like, huh, 
What a coincidence. Maybe they, le- <laughs> maybe they left the baby. Maybe they left the baby. Oh, that's true. And oh, then no. uh, my current roommate, he's like, he can't. He doesn't hear a baby crying, but sometimes he can hear people like walking or crawling. So I'm just like, maybe it's growing, just up. Gr- it's growing up. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's been a few years. Quit crying. Now they're, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I it was the uh, the holiday party at Bad Dog this year that I heard about the ghosts. That is apparently two. And it hangs out by the tech booth, apparently. I think that just gone on low. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, but it roasted me because um, Alia Razul uh, can communicate with it, I guess. And okay. uh, she asked it <laughs> uh, what it, uh, what his favorite show was. It, it did say it liked Sketch and 60. So okay. you, you got ghost reviews. Uh, said, it, uh, but I love the disaster show. Apparently, and its pa- favorite performer is uh, Jess Bryson. And I said, uh, "Can you ask how like I stack up in the favorite performers?" And Alia said that the ghost said, "Have you ever performed here?" <laughs> wow. Well, hold on. So, do you guys believe in ghosts? I no? do. Yeah. I you don't. Do. I yeah. don't at all. Yeah, like uh, like actually, seriously, you believe in ghosts? I I seriously believe in ghosts, but I don't believe in every story that I hear. I don't believe in um, every situation, uh, and I don't know if I believe in ghosts per se. But that's the closest thing I can quantify my beliefs to, I guess. Okay, so this might be a uh, feel free to answer this or not. But are you religious? No. Okay, I'm not religious at all. I have no. Uh, Religious background. My uh, family's not religious. I've never been to a church. Yeah. Never so, been to one, eh? I've never been to one. So when you think of ghosts, are they dead? Like, is it an afterlife sort of thing? Or are they a completely different entity to you? Yeah. I'm I, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. And I know that I've seen things. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's more out there than what we know about. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't, uh, like, uh, relate it to religion at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's usually what, like, turns me off about some people's stories if they're, like, relating it to religion because I, that doesn't resonate with me at all. Yeah, yeah. You don't think they're angels? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. And I'm sorry to our past guest, uh, <laughs> Artie, our uh, medium we had on, but I don't think they're angels. <laughs> no, but, like, even, uh, like, I grew up Muslim, so even in Islam there's a concept of jinn, right? Which mm-hmm. aren't, which are a completely different entity. Like, yep. humans are a thing and then jinn are a thing. You know, like, d- people have different perceptions. Some people are, like, ghosts or dead people. Yeah. Uh, some people are, like, they're a different entity or a different thing, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, and I, I'm not quite sure. I know that I've like experienced uh, like uh, uh, seeing uh, like glowing orbs. I've uh, seen. I think that's what? a migraine, or just like a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> sun. It was a room without windows, and it was nighttime. Could no windows. Mig- in could the have room. been a migraine. You can I, get migraines. Yeah. I did. Do, do that is a very common thing with migraines: is auras and seeing lights I'm, and things. I don't get headaches. Well, but then, uh, but a migraine does not necessarily mean a headache. It can just uh, manifest itself in symptoms such as that. I felt I felt pretty good. I felt alive. <laughs> okay, so then to you, one final uh, like, are ghosts uh, conscious? Like, are they a living thing, or is it just like a 
like a glowing orb, is that a ghost or is that a ghost doing something? I think that they, shit. they, uh, <laughs> that it's entities trying to relate to you so they pass on their emotions. Why are they trying to relate to you? I don't know. So like a different dimension kind of. Yeah. Thing. So if they're feeling a certain way, then they'll pass that on and try to get you to relate to it. Yeah. And communicate in that way through emotions. That's that's what the closest thing to I can figure out towards what I actually yeah. believe in uh, based off of what I've seen. But I've also seen um, uh, people that have been in relationships with uh, who ghosts. are having sleep paralysis. <laughs> they were ghosts. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Uh, they were having sleep paralysis, and I saw what they saw in their sleep paralysis while I was awake. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there's also the idea of, like, you know, if three people uh, – what's the word? I, I'm bad with words nowadays. You know, like, if three people see an accident and you talk to them separately, it's, sometimes it can all corroborate a thing that didn't right. happen. Yeah, I, uh, that's how I feel it probably right? was. No, I, I'm aware of this, though, yeah. and I'm very uh, – Being methodical. aware of it doesn't mean it won't happen. No. I wrote it down, exactly yeah. what I was seeing yeah. and what the situation was, and then – I didn't bring it up because I knew when she was going to wake up that she was going to say that she had sleep paralysis again and wow. that it was going to be something. Yeah. And she's never really gone into detail, but I asked more questions this time Yeah, of just trying to figure out what it was that she was experiencing and yeah. to see if that lined up. Yeah, I mean, I'm always open to the idea of things existing. I also think sometimes... Things that we think are fictional. Let's say uh, unicorns, right? People are like, oh, a unicorn couldn't exist. It's crazy. But there's goats with horns on their <laughs> heads. Where is the yeah. idea of yeah. unicorns comes from? And no one gives a shit. Like, even if they went extinct, you'd be like, huh, that's a thing, right? <laughs> or even giant squids were this mythical yeah. thing. Yeah. And now that they're real, we're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever about it. So, you know, I just feel like if ghosts existed and things uh we'd uh we just be well i guess that's a that's a thing that happens now uh, I'll, yeah i'll believe it when there's evidence for it yeah, that's for sure that's fair and i'm not trying to convince you and there as from what i've heard from uh doing this as long as we have i have found no evidence to support them. you've heard so many stories yeah <laughs> um, but that's the but that's, that's what the, they are like i'm not i'm not religious at all but that's the thing about belief for you like even if let's say god came down tomorrow mm -hmm. and yeah. was like i'm god people would be like no Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, or, so you know when you say okay, you experience these things and yeah. things like that uh yeah like again i'm not religious but i'll, I'll uh, but i appreciate that there's a certain amount of belief that mm -hmm. you have to have with these things yeah so yeah yeah I, I find it all very interesting but on that note we got a story to tell we all drew positions beforehand i have no idea what this means what do you got there uh, I did I close it again? <laughs> is this Batman? That's not Batman. <laughs> it is the head of uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, Jesus. Which means that you drew the celebrity position. Okay. So I go to a random celebrity generator. It's mm -hmm. going to give you four options, and you'll have to appear as one of those celebrities at some point in the story. You're not stricken to that character, but they must appear. So I don't have to play them, but is that what you're saying? You don't have to play them. You could play them. They could be a big okay. part of the story. They could be a small part of the story. Yeah. 
these are sunglasses. I thought it was a blindfold. <laughs> Bondage Bret Hart. Uh, so your options are um, Famke Jansen. Uh, from X-Men, right? Is that who she is? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh. Mila Kunis, Peter Jackson, and Dwayne Wade. Mm, let's play the elimination game. <laughs> uh, I don't know that much about basketball, so Dwayne Wade's out. Uh, Peter, I like Peter Jackson. Yeah, and I saw that saw that documentary that he made. Oh, you they got a lot not, of facts. They shall not grow old, and find out he's a huge. Well, you know what? Let's go with, let's go with Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He uh, started with horror. What he started with? He horror. did. What yeah. was uh? Oh, I love that movie with Michael J. Fox. That was he. He directed it, right? I know the um. Oh, what's the one that's like people? Uh, Dead alive. Yeah, people uh, talk about that one all the time. But do you, is it like the? Michael J. Fox is like a comedy horror thing. Hmm. I'm not sure. The Frighteners? I'm gonna, the Frighteners. Is that was it? it The Frighteners? Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. That was a good movie. I'm just going to make sure. Now we have cell phones and they make life and conversations easier. <laughs> oh, well, while we look that up, uh, I drew the swing. You drew the swing. That means I got the narrator. So for that, we're going to go to canigetit.com for a location, a relationship, or a word. All what, right. What's it, it is gonna a fright be? nurse. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, fact checked. <laughs> uh, narrator, yeah. So, uh, I guess. Oh, so that's for a suggestion? Yeah. yeah. Can I get a, I don't want to go with word. That's the worst thing you could do. Uh, <laughs> location, relationship. Uh, what would Peter Jackson do? I think Peter Jackson's big on. Locations in filming. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. He is a That's big fair. location. Let's go with location. Let's go with you location. Go location. Okay. Uh, registrar's office. Registrar's office. What does that mean? <laughs> so, like at a university or a college, the registrar is the one that okay. you go to to, like, you know, register. Yeah, basically. For like, you're, you're like, I need to organize my courses before like the internet existed. Yeah. Well, you, they still have the office. Yeah. So, so kind of so. like a guidance counselor. Uh, I I don't know if it's quite that. I'm gonna take it as guidance counselor. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Registrar. That's a funny word. And we didn't mention that you, uh, with the swing, you have no responsibility. Oh, they the uh, they handle student records. Handle student records. All mm-hmm. right. Again, uh, before the computer was existing. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine. Someone just at one point just like hand wrote everything that <laughs> a student would do in school. Is yeah, I remember yeah. reading this story one time. It'll just be real quick. Uh, where a guy starts a new job and then he finds out a woman that's been working there. She's been working there 30 years and her whole job is to take all the records from one Excel sheet and transfer it to another. And then he told her how copy paste works. <laughs> <laughs> and she started crying. <laughs> Did you ever worry about like or have people tell you like that's gonna go on your permanent record when you were a kid? Or you ever like hear about that idea and be like, Oh, I gotta do well. I don't want that to go into my permanent record. Well like it meant something. I still worry about that at like jobs now. If someone's like, Oh, like I'm gonna 
put this right up in your file or it something. It does like not that. matter. I know it doesn't you matter. But I think I it probably pursue... matters more now. Like if they really wanted to do something, they could just put it up on the internet and it's permanent. I feel it matters more what you're doing in your personal kind of record, your social yeah. media record. As far as like a permanent job record or whatever, I don't think that matters as much. Well, I mean, like, people's, I guess, if you're looking at people's, like, social medias and in the past. And I think that's what's fucking people over. Well, though. that, I know, but I I worry about it at, like, work and stuff. If I'm getting, like, written up or something like that, I don't know why. I'm never going to see my file or anything like that, but I just don't, I want it to be pristine. Yeah, yeah. And also, who who maintains all these files? I don't it's think just, they do. <laughs> I yeah. think that's the other reason why it doesn't matter. They just throw it in the trash. They're like, I don't done. care. <laughs> yeah. All right. The spooky registrar's office <laughs> with Peter Jackson. <laughs> Ding dong. Classes are in session and the registrar is hard at work. Yes, this was 1978. <laughs> And the registrar's hand was just cramping over all the writing of all the students. Hey, file boy. Yeah? I need to look someone up. Okay. Uh, uh, who, who? A teacher or student? I have it in different files uh, here. A parent, perhaps? No, a student. A student? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, do you have an idea of the name, or do you just want to leave me in mystery? No, I just want you to guess the student that I'm trying to think. Of course I got a name. Oh, thank God, because that would have been a long day. <laughs> Hi, uh, excuse me, is this the uh, guidance counselor? Uh, no, this is the registrar's office. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, what's what's the difference? Um, sorry, uh, we just had cuts, so you're actually the counselor now, too. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah, I, the, the, uh, I meant to tell you the, um... Uh, the school board contacted, and they left a message and said that they're making cuts. Uh, the registrar and the guidance counselor, uh, they both have a lot of writing, so they put it all on you. I'm, I'm not the registrar. You're the registrar. I came to you for the record. You said file boy. That's you, the registrar, the file boy. Uh, I can't pass this job off on anyone. <laughs> I'm the history professor. Oh, oh, you're you're the history professor? Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I've been thinking of taking history, you know? Oh. I just can't decide what I want to major in, and that's, and that's why I just came in. I thought someone could help me out. Well, I don't talk directly to students, so. Oh. <laughs> I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, Come all right, on. all right. You know, that's funny. <laughs> it's it's not. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's great. I it's shouldn't joke about... History? Education. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's a lot of money. Uh, it's 1978. You was know, it like $300? $300. $300 yeah. You know, I'd have to work a month to pay for college. And, wow. You know, so it's a big decision for me. That is a big decision. Yeah, I don't know. Should I go into history? Should mm-hmm. I go into a film school? Oh, I don't think there's any future in film. Really? You don't I'd, think I think I think the real future is in history. In history. That's what you think. You think the future is in history. Yeah, see, the thing is, they'll stop making films. They'll never stop making history. But if they stop making films, won't all the films end up being historical in some way? Exactly. So you may as well stick in history. Then you can talk about the films that they don't make no more. Oh, wow. You could be a film historian. I could be. What uh, what do you think, Mr. Registrar Fileboy? I think that you shouldn't look towards the future of what might be successful or what might not, but you should follow your heart because as long as you love something and believe in it, then you can achieve it. 
Oh, I don't know. I used to think I could achieve so much, and then when I was eight, I really ruined my permanent record. Oh, no. Oh Yeah, and now I don't know. I, if someone looks it up, you know, they'd be like, he can't do anything. Right. Well, what's your name? I'll look it up. It's James. Okay, James. Uh, oh, I got I got a uh, hundred and eighty-seven Jameses. Uh, oh, do you need my last? Name? Yeah, I could use that. Uh, it's Cameron. Cameron. Oh, James, James Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting name. Yeah. I, I've never heard that name before. Really? I thought Cameron was a common last name. I guess not. Not in this part of the country. No, no. We oh. we don't get a lot of Camerons around here. So. Not in Maine. Nope. All right, yeah. Um, it looks pretty clean. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, wait. There was dust on this part. Ooh, you were late for class. Says you took a long lunch. I did. You know, it was just a really big sandwich, and I just couldn't finish it in time. I, I thought it would be no big deal. I still really want to be a history major. Oh, this says in the third grade, you uh, you peed your pants in class, and then you pretended that it didn't happen. And then the teacher had to call your parents, and they sent you home. It was just so embarrassing. I was just a kid. What was I supposed to do? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is almost a scratch-off at this point. I'm seeing another thing now, too. It says oh my that, God. Uh, that you uh, you peed on the globe. Yeah, I just had a lot of issues controlling my bowel, but I've grown through it, you know? It's not an issue anymore, I promise. I think that even though you have a love of history, your own history is coming back to bite you. You might have a lot of problems going into that field. The film field, they don't care about anything. They'll let anyone slide. Look at Walt Disney. They don't care. No one cares. So if you want to put your passions together... And maybe make films about history. All right, I guess I don't have a choice. I just hope films are around and by the time I graduate in 1984. Unlikely, but uh, best of luck to you. All right, thank you Mr. so much. Oh, no problem, Mr. Cameron. Hey, who's that person whose file you were looking for when I walked in? Oh, I was looking for uh, Hank Thompson's file. Hank Thompson? <laughs> uh, Oh, this is a bad file. I found it already. Yeah, it's uh, three folders thick. Hank Thompson. Yeah, he's been in school here for the last 27 years. Still hasn't graduated. $300 a pop a year. Still paying. We cut to Hank Thompson riding his skateboard along around the quad. He's got a open-faced uh, Hawaiian shirt and a uh, cigarette. And an open-faced club sandwich <laughs> in his hand. Whoa, watch out. Here I come, Hank Thompson. Everybody out of the way. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Oh, hey, Hank. Oh, yeah, you're so cool, Hank. Hey, Julie, looking great. Uh, the window of one of the classrooms opens up. Oh, Hank, you're supposed to be in class. Oh, there you go again, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> oh, we got the same name. Oh, you're my son, but I hate you so much. Uh, I'll get your approval one day. <laughs> oh, man. Hank really showed the dean what's what, didn't he? His dean dad. <laughs> Flash to uh, four years later, James Cameron is accepting. Uh, he's passed uh, school. He's he's graduated. <laughs> well, you've uh, p- p- uh, you're uh, you you you're done the school. 
James, yeah, you graduated. Here's your... Um, oh, wow, I didn't think this would be possible, you know? I'd like to thank so many people. Yeah, we don't do that here. We just oh, like, give know? you the diploma, you move on, we bring the next student do, up. Do you so. know if there is a certain type of ceremony where I might be able to thank people? Oh. Well, I had never really thought about that before. Well, I guess I guess we could uh, invent something, perhaps. I'm a little overworked now. I'm guidance counselor. I'm... Uh, th- the registrar, and apparently I'm taking over science. Why Why are you on this stage? We're trying to c- finish up, you know, the graduation ceremony. <laughs> oh, so there is a thing where you can give speeches. No, no, we give them the diploma and they move along. That's. It, have you ever been to a graduation ceremony it before? It seems like you're awfully close to on the right track. Hmm. Maybe one day we'll change it up. Maybe one day there'll be a... A, a ceremony where you get awards and you get to talk to people and say how thankful you are for winning that award. Yeah. Like you know, a, a you know. university prom. Yeah, I'm going to make yeah. it my life goal to find something like that and be able to thank all the people uh, that have supported me so far. And you know what? Hank Thompson, standing here beside me. He's finally graduated. <laughs> I, you know, I know it's been a long road for you, but I want you to join me on this journey. I'm going to make you a star. You're going to take Hank Thompson with you? I am. Wow. And anybody else here who wants to come along, follow me. For real? I can quit my job as the guy who hands out diplomas? If you want to. Okay. (laughs) Hey, kids. Pick up your own dang diplomas. I'm out of here. Oh, don't worry. I'll pick everyone's up for them. Okay. Flash to 1992. James Cameron's starting to really build his name, but he's on set of his new film, Terminator 2, T2, Judgment Day. Oh, yes, this one's going to be the big one. The big one. And his cinematographer, famed cinematographer, Hank Thompson, who he took along the way. All right, so Hank, listen up. Or yeah, I'm li- I'm I'm listening. W- w- what's up, man? All right, just listen up. All right, I want you to. We're gonna do something special with this one. All right, all right, all right. What uh, what do you need? All right, here's what we're gonna do. Remember how in the first movie, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the villain, right? He's a Terminator. In this one, we're gonna make him the good guy. Oh, oh, that's crazy, man. We should put that in the trailer. No, do not put that in the trailer. Okay, <laughs> that's gonna ruin it for everybody. Okay, if you say so. All right, Hank, I just want to let you know. You know, if you put that in the trailer, this partnership, it's over. Do you understand that? I will kill you. <laughs> wow, that, that seems kind of harsh, don't you think? A little bit? Sure, but this is my life's work. This is what's going to get me to university prom, all right? This is what we've been working on for 10 years. The door uh, behind them uh, closes uh, we can't see what's going on inside, but uh, we never see Hank Thompson again. <laughs> Questions have been raised about whatever happened to Hank Thompson. James Cameron's been on the hot seat ever since, but T2 did get made, and it was a critical success. But such a success that James Cameron could not, could not get the recognition he needed because there was not the ceremony for it still. So James worked and worked and worked and talked to the higher-ups about a possible award that he could be given. Look, just listen, all right? Mm-hmm. I have sacrificed a lot. I have done a lot of things I'm not proud of to be here. And I'm so close. I'm so close to this, all right? 
you need to do this for me. Aren't you that guy that murdered someone? No, I I would never. I, I would never murder. If you mean murdered the box office, then, <laughs> that, then, then I'm your guy. I can't argue numbers. Wow, James, listen, you know, as the owners of Fox, Mr. 20th Century and myself... Uh, we we don't care about murder. We care about box office returns, and your movies are doing it. So what can we do for you? All right, here's what I need, all right? Yeah? I want a billion dollars more, all right? I'm going to make something, and it's going to be in three-dimensional, all right? Three-dimensional? It'll be three-dimensional. So what? It's like uh, you can sniff what's happening? No, that you're thinking 4D. So go one four back. dimensional. Yeah, F- four it's dimensional. Really, pretty cool. No, I'm thinking. Oh. I'm, I'm thinking like you put on glasses and it's like you can reach out and grab them. Well, not literally grab, but you feel like you could. See, my concern about this is that if we give you the money to do this, it's you're saying reach out and grab them. And my eyes are turning into stars and dollar signs right now. But I'm worried that it won't pay off and we'll just have people slightly popping under the screen. That's not going to happen. I'm worried that these things are going to pop out of the screen so much that it'll be hitting people and they'll be uncomfortable and hurt. Okay, so his expectations are incredibly high. Mine are incredibly low. Can you meet us in the middle? Sure. Okay, how about I prove myself? How about we put this project on hold and I make a completely different movie where I take a giant ship and I sink it? Wow. Is this the movie Waterworld? Better. What? Better. I I mean, it's just not very realistic, you know? Ships... uh, is there a true story that can even go behind this? Ships yeah. don't just sink. They make Especially them to not ones. sink. Yeah, they don't sink. There's one that did. Ooh, well, I've never heard of it. No. The Titanic? Oh, maybe I have. <laughs> yeah, I guess that one yeah, does you know, That's that true. One. Huh. And they just recently found its wreckage. And I want to go down there. I don't have any bodies buried or anything. Is this to hide? Is this part of the movie, or is this just like extraneous backstory for your own gratification? No, what? No, it's part of the movie. I need money for the movie, uh-huh. so that I can not go down there and hide my past. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I'll give you a movie. I'll give you a movie just for research purposes. Okay. I need. To go down there and make sure all the bodies there are over a hundred years old. <laughs> um, I mean that makes sense to me. Both of their eyes turn into dollar signs, and they <laughs> hand over five briefcases filled with cash. Great, great. So uh, you'll you'll have this movie by let's say ninety seven. Works for me. That sounds just about fantastic. All right. Great. So I'm going to go do some research. And there James Cameron went. Off to his office, uh, opening up a thing that says uh, secret and incriminating files. All right. I should have probably labeled this something else. But, you know, once it's in marker, it's there. (laughs) All right. So who's there? Um, sorry, I, I was sent here by my uh, agent. Um, I heard you were working on a movie, and I just really needed a chance. Uh, uh, sure, yeah, come in. Uh, I'll just, uh, I'll just hide this and put it away. Uh, <clears throat> how, 
How can I help you? Uh, uh, my, my name's uh, Leonardo. I've, like the painter? It, like the painter, yes. I was in, uh, have you ever seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I was on, I was the guy, in, I was the kid in the tree. No, I haven't. What was eating Gilbert <laughs> Grape? It was, it was a lot of family uh, issues um, and just, uh, I guess what was really eating him was that I was the one that got more recognition than him. Oh, wow. That sounds like an award-worthy film. It does, but there's just not something for that yet. All right. Well, Leonardo, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Can you swim? I mean, yeah. I, 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 well, I could give it a shot. You can give it a shot? Yeah. Like just jump in the water and see if you can swim? Yeah, I'll do anything. All right. Well, I need a favor from you, Leonardo. Okay. Yeah. Right. You want to be in this movie, right? Yeah, I would gonna, love to. Or, yes. Or are you, I need you to do some research for this. Okay. All right. You know, you heard of Titanic, right? Uh, the big, the big old uh, sh- the the ship, ship that sank, right? Yeah. Uh, but there was another part of it. You know, it was the divers that went down, uh, to find the ship, right? So you're gonna research, uh, kind of for that. What I want you to do is I want you to take this plastic bag. Do not look. What's the sign of it? Do not read the labels. And I want you to go down there, and I want you to bury it. Okay. Uh, and and I just bury it, and then that's it? Yeah, just but it has to be buried really deep in the ocean, where no one can find it. Okay. No, what's wrong with, like, a grave site or something? It needs to be the ocean? It needs to... It, no one can find this. Leonardo, do you know what it's like to be famous? Yeah. Not, Do you? I, I mean, like, I've experienced it a little bit. No. Not I, yet I, you don't. don't. All right? The thing is, when you're famous, they will find anything on you. They will dig up graves. They will go through your uh, library card history to see anything. But you know what not a lot of journalists can do? What's that? Go to the site where the Titanic is. It's just not feasible for them. Uh, hey, Leo, it's me, your little shoulder angel. I think you should listen to this guy. I feel like he's got some opportunities for you. Just I, go to the bottom of the ocean already. Come on, pal. I mean, you're the one that told me to do basketball diaries, so I guess so. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> she gives him a kiss. <laughs> oh, shucks. What, uh, are you talking to your shoulder? <laughs> I'll, I'll bury the files. No more questions. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, James, it's me, your shoulder devil. What is... No, not again. Why didn't we just burn the files? Damn, why did you keep quiet until I had the little boy... I didn't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. Oh, that's that's too impolite for you? For the, the devil to interrupt? Listen, man. I, I Only you can see me. I didn't want to be weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have burned it, but it's too late <laughs> that's now. That's okay. He's putting him on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, and then once he comes back, we'll burn him. What? Isn't that what you want? Isn't that... Sorry, uh, did I hear <laughs> something about a burning? Huh? Uh, okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to burn the box office. Oh, I like that. Good All save, right. good I'm, save. I'm going, to, I'm going to go to the ocean now. All right. And there Leo goes. Off to the ocean. He goes to a beach and uh, <laughs> just swims out. And he uh, he takes off his shoes and starts walking into the water and then sees a really gross-looking fish, so just buries it in a very shallow spot. As he's about to swim away, there's a glowing orb that comes out of the files. Leonardo, don't do this. 
Leonardo, don't do this. Uh, Leonardo, you should probably just run away. This is scary. I, sorry, you don't want me to bury these files? You no, this is evidence. I've been murdered. Read the files. Um, are you sure? But Mr. Cameron said not to open it. Do, well, do you, if Mr. Cameron told you to jump into the ocean, would, okay, yes, you would. Well, take my advice, okay? I know that guy. I, I'm Hank Thompson. <sighs> You're... He's yeah, a cinematographer for T2. Thank you, Angel. <laughs> Where, did you just talk to your shoulder? Yeah, yeah. That's... Hey, who are you talking about figments of your imagination? You're an orb from a file. <laughs> hey, man, no judgment, just, okay. just curiosity. All right. We're just... all friends here. Okay, it's cool. Listen, you need to get justice for me, all right? There's a man that can help, that can help you, all right? I want you to take... Me, the files. Okay. Like, the orb. I'll go back. I'm part of the files. It's just the files projecting right now. <laughs> I want you to go, go take me, all right? I want you to find my friend, Peter Jackson. Okay, but I buried these files pretty good. He looks over, and the files are just floating in the water now. <laughs> oh. You're not going to get far, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll grab them. I'll hey, go does, to Peter Jackson. Doesn't Peter Jackson live in New Zealand? So, I so like what you can't afford a plane ticket on your Gilbert Gottfried money. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so there he goes, <laughs> using his uh, his minimal fortune to buy a plane ticket to New Zealand. He goes across all of the sheep fields, in through the meadows, over the hills, and into a little hole. Of course. Where a single candle is lit. Hello? Is anyone in here? Hello. Who is this? Uh, it's uh, Leonardo. The Winchy? No. DiCaprio. Who's that? I don't know. What do you want? I did a couple of movies. It's not, it's not important. I was told to come here and bring these files to Peter Jackson. This is the address I got. Is this the correct No, place? yes, this is Peter Jackson. This is... This is Peter Jackson. I live here. Who told you to come here? Peter Jackson emerges from the dark shadows of it <laughs> into the candlelight. It is you. Yeah. I was told by a glowing orb. I tried to bury this file. And... Uh, uh -huh. I don't know. Do you know James Cameron? I know of James Cameron. He stole my ideas. Which one? Uh, well, first the sinking of the Titanic. You, I, I'm that supposed was his idea. I'm gonna be in that. Oh, you're gonna be in that? He... Then get out! <laughs> no, no, get out of my house! No, 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 no! I was going to, but I think I'm betraying him right now. I don't know how he's gonna feel about me bringing these files to you. And did you say that you're you had the idea of? Sinking the Titanic, like you sank the Titanic, or making a movie on the Titanic sinking? I think it was a time travel thing where he went back in time and sunk the boat. No, it's simpler than that. Have you ever seen The Producers? Okay. Yeah, so I wanted to create a movie for the Titanic, and then sink it, and then walk away with all of the money that it doesn't make. You know, like the plot of The Producers. Right, a movie so bad. And instead... <laughs> it was a big Broadway hit. 
I know. I know the movie. Yeah, but you, no, I'm not talking about the movie, the producer. I'm talking about the plot of the producers, where they make a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, like your shoulder guy gets it. I get it. Yeah. I, what it, but now, uh, from what I hear, I just don't think the movie was that bad. No, again, I'm not. It's not. We're not talking about the produce. Okay, the you, what do you want, kid? What do you want right now? Here, open these files. Sorry, they're still a bit wet. Oh, oh, what is this? He it was says, crying on the plane. <laughs> incriminating evidence. Oh no. Yeah, and that's only what the title card on the top says. <laughs> oh wow. He wrote it in marker, and once it's there, you can't get it off. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm trying to read it. Can you I'm- see my angel? <laughs> Can I see your angel? Can everyone see him up I, on there? Yeah. I wait mean, a minute. Everyone can see me? I haven't put on pants this morning. <laughs> oh, no. Don't worry, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Peter Jackson uh, brings the candle down to his lower oh, he's, half. You know, oh, Winnie, yeah. Winnie the Poohing it today, I see. <laughs> yeah, that was also my idea. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? Or yeah. just the uh, character design of just wearing a shirt? All of it. (laughs) Wow. Not wearing pants is a thing I've been trying to get going since the 70s. (laughs) Anyways. All right. Oh, did you know? Oh, my. James Cameron killed someone. (gasps) Who? Uh, well, it says Thompson. Oh, that's that's the orb that talked to me to bring the files to you. The orb talked to you? Yeah, an orb talked to me when I tried to bury these files for James. He told me not to look inside, and he said to come to you with this. Where's the orb? I don't know. It just didn't come with me. He's, just in the f- the- he's part of the files. What? The- That's true. Maybe if you say Tom Thompson's name three times, he'll appear. Thompson. Tom Thompson's a painter. Oh, hey, Thompson. Well, I love Tom Thompson. <laughs> All right. Hank Thompson, Hank Thompson, Hank Thompson. Out of the files, an orb appears. Uh, what, what's what, what's going on? I was just I, I was just taking a nap. What, did someone call me? I, turn around. I brought you to Peter Peter Jackson. Oh man, I'm I'm such a big fan. Uh, you know of all the stuff you've done. Oh yeah, uh, name something. <laughs> uh, y- y- you know uh, the movie with uh, Michael J. Fox. Uh, I made a lot of movies with Michael J. Fox. You know, where he goes back, uh, where he goes, where the ghosts and stuff. Is it, are you talking about the Frighteners? No, he goes back. In the, are you talking about Back to the Future? I did not make Back to the Future. <laughs> All right? Get out. Get out of my house. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. We're going off topic here, right? Peter, we're really trying to help you. You got to stop kicking us out of here. It, uh, all right. Well, what do you what do you want? What do you want from me? Well, I think we want the same thing: to kill James Cameron. Whoa! Well, no, I just don't want him to be successful. I don't want to kill him. You know, it's, we're all artists working together. There's a bit of jealousy involved, but we all want the best for one another. You know. Well, he killed me, so that's what I want. I want revenge or my. Soul will not rest. And you thought Peter Jackson would be the one to do it? Wait a minute, that's what this is about? Is so your soul can rest? Yeah, what do you think it would be about? I don't know, maybe uh, because uh, you didn't get to finish the movie and you were unfulfilled. Or just like bring the files to a police station. Yeah. They'll connect all If the you time. want, I'll go talk to the big G himself and I can see if I can get you in. 
I am a shoulder angel. Oh yeah, Sh- yeah that that'd be a, that'd be not, no. You know what? Oh. No, I want James Cameron dead. Okay? okay, that's that's what I want. All right, I didn't go to film school for thirty two years to be killed. <laughs> the orb flies into Peter Jackson's mouth and takes control of that body, grabbing all the files and he, pushing Leonardo DiCaprio out of the way. You know what? If you're not with me, you're against me. All right. I'm coming for you, James Cameron. Ah! <laughs> but first, I'm going to make a movie. <laughs> So after uh, <laughs> months and months of filming, uh, Peter Jackson has a complete movie made. It's beautiful. It's uh, based off a book. You're all going to hear about it at some point. But it's going to be huge. Now with the success of this movie just looming and him ready to give it to a production company, he knows that James Cameron's death could make him the biggest star behind the camera all right james cameron it's been a while but i'm coming for you once i kill you my soul can rest but now that i think about it is that really what i want because all the success and that just goes away and i'm just in heaven or some shit like that you know maybe i'll just ride this body for a while and see what happens Mr. Jackson, Mr. Jackson, you've just been nominated for a university prom award. A uni- I get to go to a university prom? That's right. Oh, man, this is, this is great. There's so many people I'd like to thank. The only thing is, you're up against James Cameron. Oh, oh the this best is, director. This is perfect. This is, this is perfect, you know. I'll, I'll win the award and I'll beat him at his own game. And then I'll let have achieved everything I want as an artist. And then I'll kill him. And then my soul can rest. Everybody wins. Except James Cameron. <laughs> Flash to the university prom. Peter Jackson and James Cameron sitting on opposite sides of the room. Just waiting to hear the results of this award. And the award for best director... At the University Prom Award. And the winner is... Just say it. Just say it. It's me. It's me. It's it's Peter. It's it's Hank Tom. No, I mean Peter Jackson, not Hank Tom. James Cameron. All right, I did. Wait, what? No. What? No, stop. Read, read that again. Oh, my God. I can't believe I won. This is great. Oh, wow. This festival that I created to give me an award. It actually gave me an award. What are the odds? This is amazing. Wow, and I can thank all the people... That I want, you know? Oh, my God, I'm going to, oh, just, oh, this is, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to kill him. You know, the first person I'd like to thank who I met years ago, who this would not be possible about without, is my cinematographer, Hank Thompson. I wish you were here today to enjoy this. What? What is this? What is he doing? What kind of game is he playing right now? You know, as I stand up on here, achieved... Everything I have, I want to think about at what cost has it come to. I'm going to admit to something here in front of dozens of you. All of the audience is holding back tears. Just some of them wiping uh, their eyes with napkins. (laughs) I'm starting a scholarship for Hank Thompson, who died of natural causes. 
Oh, that son of a bitch. For a second, I thought he would, oh, no, this is, oh, I'm going to kill him so bad, and I'm going to enjoy it so much. Did you keep it down? He's trying to give a kind-hearted speech. Peter Jackson slash Hank Thompson grabs a skateboard from under the chair, goes on it, and uh, kick flips up onto the stage, tackling James Cameron. It's me. Do you know who I am? Yeah, you're you're Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I just not Peter Jackson. No, you're Peter Jackson. No, this isn't Peter Jackson. There are. I. This is Hank Thompson. James Cameron in his head gets a, a flashback of uh, Hank Thompson as a kid doing a kick flip that resembled exactly the one that he did on stage. It has to be true. Oh my God! I'm. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. You're only sorry because I'm about to kill you. Will that bring you joy, killing me? Yes, it it will. It's the only thing I wanted. Oh, well, that's too bad because, you know, the scholarship that I created, I, I was going to give it to you or your Peter Jackson body to create something great. You know that movie you've been working on? You could make two sequels to it, maybe a spinoff. Maybe a TV series. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that that would be nice. No, I'm not falling for your tricks. I'm not falling for your tricks in front of everybody here. Well, all right, if you have to kill me, I have to do what you got to do. Just as uh, Hank Thompson reaches his fist up into the air, the police grab both of his hands and cuff him. What? Yeah, you're no. under arrest, no, he Mr. Should Jackson be under... slash Mr. Thompson, for the murder of Hank Thompson. No, I didn't kill me. I would never kill me. He killed me. They uh, pull out the incriminating evidence file out of uh, Peter Jackson's pocket. When they look inside, all of the all of the things that named James Cameron now name Peter Jackson. What? How did this... That's, you did this. That's right. Peter Jackson was eating a banana, and he threw his peel on the ground, and you slipped on it and died. No, no, that can't. So therefore, you killed yourself. I would. Because you are both of them together right now. Oh, no. Oh, the orb starts to right. Peter Jackson starts to glow. He starts, everyone kind of moves back, and then a, uh, a orb shoots out of him. As your orbs in the air, Peter Jackson. Oh, what's going on? Wait, this is in my hole. <laughs> Where? Oh, I'm wearing pants. This is all wrong. This isn't how this should be going. What's going on? James Cameron has played Hank Thompson again. We get a flashback of uh, it's all in black and white too. And James Cameron is writing incriminating evidence in permanent marker. But all of the file includes Peter Jackson, who has been his biggest up-and-coming competition. It all unfolds as he. Uh, we see a clip of him handing the file to Leonardo DiCaprio, making it seem like Leo's uh, doing one thing, but he knows that he'll do the other. So he giggles and laughs when Leo leaves. And uh, then when Peter Jackson gets the file and is in the audience, uh, we get a flash of James Cameron also in the audience uh, looking over at Peter Jackson and seeing the skateboard underneath and raising one eyebrow with a small smirk. Oh, this is... I've been set up. We've been set up. You think you've been set up, all right? 
Do you know what it was like living inside of you? It was garbage. Well, <laughs> now, now you guys get to know what it's like to live inside jail together. You're going to be jail roommates. Oh, well, you can't send me to jail. I'm an orb. I'll just go back into the files. What are you going to do? Just keep the files in a locked drawer? That's a good idea, actually. Oh, shit. That's a, that's a garbage idea. <laughs> I guess a file cabinet is just a jail for files. And I got just the cabinet to put it in. All the files with my rest. Yeah, I still work here. It's been a long haul. Mm-hmm. And he puts the file in there, closes it up, and it's over. James Cameron later realizes in life that having a university prom award just isn't quite the same. So he decides to make a whole group of filmmakers to decide on one award, calls it the Academy Awards, and makes it so that he, no matter how bad of a movie he makes, will get an award nearly every time. Spooked. That was a scary wow. story. <laughs> Wow. I think it was scary for the ghosts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, didn't. James Cameron got away with a lot. <laughs> you know what? Then that seems pretty true to life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, and it's nice to know uh, that that's how the Academy Awards started. Yeah, yeah. in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all, you Wikipedia this and it's all there. Yeah. It's hard to believe that they're almost 15 years old now. <laughs> I would love it if a listener just went onto Wikipedia and made that the truth on there. <laughs> just edited it completely. Yeah. <laughs> they started as a university prom awards. <laughs> uh, Zoe, have you ever been that scared in your life? Uh, yes, but that's also because I'm scared a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Well... Amazing. Uh, let's end this thing off by uh, doing some plugs. Oh, awesome. Uh, this will be coming out in January. What do I What do I have going on in January? Are you asking us? <laughs> or you just do social medias, too. Yeah, that's true. Where they sure. can find you. I, I am on Facebook and Instagram. I don't... What's my Instagram? I think it's Zohib90. Uh, yeah. 2020 will be a cool year. <laughs> so. Was 90 the year you were born or your average in school? Uh, 90 was the year I was born, yeah. Okay. Both, actually. Oh, there oh. you go. Yeah. Double one. Two for one. Two for one. Do people put <laughs> their average in school? as their... <laughs> Mine's 17. <laughs> well, I don't know. My my number and my social handles is 17. This also that was, the that year was your you aver- were born. Also the year I was born. <laughs> that was your average in school? I guess so. Oh, well. <laughs> I hope this isn't canon. That's what those numbers are, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when people put sixty-nine, it's just like they passed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we will have a full profile on Zohib on the SonarNetwork dot com with direct links to his social medias. We'll be tweeting all that stuff out. We'll be tweeting out what Zohib is doing at Spooked Podcast. Rate us five stars. Uh, give us some love. Uh, go to uh, T Public. We got new designs yeah. on there for shirts and merch. Oh yeah, we got some of the stuff in. It's a uh, real nicely done stuff too. Yeah, so. I've wore it every day since I got it. Um, <laughs> he's not lying about this. There was a good solid five days in a row where I saw you wearing the same shirt. So. I'm proud of it, baby. <laughs> Actually, I still don't think I've seen you take it off. <laughs> still got it on. I think you just bathe in it now, don't you? Oh yeah, I don't oh. even take it off to shower. 
That's how good these shirts are, so get out there and get one. Spooked. Spooked. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!